everybody. Welcome to Dumb and Awful. This is Brett, everyone's board. This is Rob at Dumb and Awful. Making a triumphant return. Yeah, so everything is terrible and broken. So I'm I'm just trying to get my laughs minute by minute, which is what <laughs> basically basically anyone listening to a podcast is hoping for. Unfortunately, <laughs> you've, you've, somehow you got lost. This is if you're looking for minute to minute laughs, you're currently at the comedy gas station where <laughs> one pump works and there's a guy wearing basically half an outfit with a shotgun uh, that don't expect anything good to come from here, but. Yeah, so I'm just getting my yucks uh, a minute at a time, and uh, I'm back now, as you can hear. Uh, I got off the okay. flight. Yeah, Brett, Brett's uh, giving me suitable quarantine time. Uh, fun, fun game you can play uh, to make. I hate flying. To make flying more tolerable. I mean, I don't hate the process of flying. I hate the like if it goes wrong. Even just dying in a plane crash is one of the like that's that's a fine way to die in terms of speed. Mm-hmm. First, like you know, a lot of other ways, coronavirus. Ways, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like it's pretty shitty. I'll be honest. I'm, I'm anti death. Oh, actually I, 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 I think about that before I say something so brave and so controversial, but, uh, the thing I don't like about flying is like, it's all cool, but then there's going to be 15 seconds of absolute terror where just like every hormonally sweating, panicked Floridian on the, the tube in the sky with you for 15 seconds is going to go full zero G uh, before you're erased from the universe. That 15 seconds is really what I, I want to avoid. <laughs> uh, not even the death part so much. Uh, but the problem is, like, how do you do that? And I've come up with two solutions. One is I just pick the most uh, absurd candy pop K-pop, and I play that for, like, the first 15 minutes of the flight where like you have the highest rate of, of failure mm-hmm. actuarially. I wasn't in the air. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, take off and land near the most dangerous times for a plane. Yeah. So I'll put on like promise nines heart to heart just because, <laughs> and this is true as like a Kantian rule. It's not so bad if something bad occurs, but it's absurd. So like if I was going to explode into a fireball off the coast of LaGuardia, like TWA flight, whatever did, right? that's a tragedy. If I'm listening to uh bouncy k-pop as i accelerate <laughs> into the sky and explode that's like absurdly funny enough that like i'll i'll consider that a w <laughs> like how are you going out i bet it's not funnier than that <laughs> absurdity does a lot uh but the other thing i like to do is i like to just tweet uh this is a little uh, travel tip i like to tweet inshallah before i get on the plane <laughs> and then just delete it after i've done this every time because that way if anything should ever happen so like mechanical or pilot error or like it's just a depressed german pilot who takes us to a mountain or you know that the boeing takes a nosedive because of avionics or something like it's usually something like that but god forbid something does happen while i'm on the plane i won't be able to delete it so for like (laughs) so for like two to three days everyone's gonna be like holy shit was rob cool (laughs) like reddit's gonna have a real fun one uh just just being like he talked about hezbollah on his podcast and it was not a joke (laughs) he said he was in miami for two weeks but i mean we have to ask the question (laughs) 
that's when like the Rob is CIA stuff really ramps up <laughs> again for like the, the two and a half days until Reddit and the New York post just finds like some black doctor in first class that they're like, nah, it's probably him. He's the suspect <laughs> as, as is their want. Um, yeah, but n now I'm here. Now I'm here. I've made my trumpet return. I'm standing before Brett now out of quarantine, New York. You have to, quarantine if you if you come up from florida you have to uh, both directions actually new york to florida you have to quarantine and florida to new york you have to quarantine now just mix them <laughs> together just make one uber dipshit with our our shared gene pool of new yorkers and and floridians I yeah i'm glad you didn't catch it because i could not afford to keep isolating away any longer oh no financially <laughs> devastating to have any uh thing but i'm back now i re return like like the gladiator guy <laughs> just put in put in the gladiator music right now i'm speaking to the listener i'm saying free all your drafts post feet these were the final wishes of marcus aurelius <laughs> yeah what did you do florida was fun uh I, was it it was it's nice to go back it's nice to go back every every once in a while and also like i, I stayed with my dad and, and also maybe killed him which on a freudian level is very dope <laughs> When I first got there, like the 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 COVID thing was still very much like it was in the air, but not everyone was complying. There were people, you know, just sort of like is irritated. That, is that a pandemic pun? It was in the air. Oh no, <laughs> no, no! I, <laughs> Unintentional. Okay, sorry. Continue. I'll put it this way: when I arrived in Florida, the COVID terror level was raised about to the level of gay niece <laughs> where, where, where like definitely it, it's real you know it's real it's not in your direct social circle but it is something you know you have to be uh, aware of so everyone at least at first the first week there's sort of this confused uncle vibe of like well you know apparently uh that they don't like being called homo anymore so i guess that's offensive to Sherilyn. <laughs> and i told her and her wife who was lovely by the way i'm not trying to ruffle fat i just i'll call i'll say whatever you whatever you're happy i'm happy to say whatever for her and her, and her lifestyle you know like fine <laughs> like that's sort of like half-hearted like i'm aware of it and if i'm around somebody where i have to wear a mask i'll i'll figure it out right right like basically dumb bad people uh, making the barest effort by the end of my time there once like florida became the epicenter oh my god yeah the new hotspot it was fully at gay daughter level where it's <laughs> like okay now it's real it's affecting us and we need to plan for going to church on sunday <laughs> It, it was like people were starting to flip out. They were starting to get touchy. I watched three political refusals. At, at, again, at first it was like not that high stakes. And then by the end, the people at the gas station are just like, I'll go to another gas station if you won't ring me up with without having them like that <laughs> tier of, of, of idiocy. Yeah. In between all that, my family went to a water park. That's how casual they were about the whole thing. I also, oh, while you were gone, I had to borrow money from my family. That was fun. Um, outside of that, it was mostly just, um, existential terror and panic attacks about money. So, you know, usual great depression shit. It's like last time. It's like, uh, my old friend, the financial panic attack that I remember from 08, 09, all the way to like 2011 is back. Oh, I'm, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't miss him, but he's back. 
every every few days looking at the bank account and like getting a wave of panic yeah it's really cool being in a, a generation that has knocked out two great recessions already we're great at this it, it's it's really fun uh i'm i'm getting a lot of use out of that buster scruggs first time hangman meme. <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> yep to, to everyone just getting wrecked by the economy alongside me, it's just like, yeah, yeah, better load up that GIF. And then when I when I go down to Florida and everyone's like, I think this COVID thing, it was the last three days I was there, everyone all of a sudden wanted to text me facts and like, they say it can go airborne. Like it was very clear, nobody <laughs> was paying attention. And now they're like, you can wear a mask, but make sure it goes over your nose. And it's just like, let me... Pull up that gif again. <laughs> Just dropping dumb pop culture gifts on people suffering as I try to appointment with death in Samara my way out of Florida. <laughs> how that story end? The person escaped death. It was just dope. Yeah, yep, that's definitely how it ended. This one's worse. We're at, what did they said, like 40, 45% of all working adults are unemployed right now. Very cool. Every time I talk to people, though, that are not our age i get the same spiel about like it's gonna get better like it's you know once they reopen it'll be fine and it's like the entire events industry is dead all of it sporting music everything it's just fucking dead stand-up comedy and magic are dead well the, you know some good things happened that's uh, true <laughs> like that's dead all the restaurants even in like florida and stuff they reopened and then they had to close again like that's i don't know any business that can survive four months without income or hard revenue. rock like, casino was open when i was there <laughs> they had it set up like a hospital ward so you could slide your chips which are touching your fingers dumb whatever so you could slide your chips under like a, a teller screen with a little filter in it and go like i'm raising you and amazing and people showed up people are literally playing hold'em to death which I'd seen in like an abstract way before where I'm like, don't you have even one grandkid you could be calling instead yeah, of most of Vegas. instead of uh, making your, your, your stool at the table smell even more like piss and diapers, <laughs> <laughs> geriatric nightmare. Yeah. Uh, now people are literally just like, yeah, either I'll win big or I'll die, which really is the most American thing you can do. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I dealt with that. And then I talked to my, uh, I mostly just hung out, freaked out about money. Talked to my family, which was incredibly grim. Talked to my uncle, who is in Florida. Uh, he's got cancer again. He's the one that's dying. Like, I talked to him briefly, and I think he was hopped up on pain meds because they were giving him a ton of shit. And he called me back later, and he was, like, trying to suss me out because he was like, I just wanted to get your your feel on these things. And then I was like, do you, did you forget that I'm leftist? And he was like, oh, thank God. I forgot. Sorry. Yeah. He's like, it's it's been a while. I was like, yeah, no, no worries. And he's like everyone in the family is insane <laughs> yeah yes i felt so bad for him because i realized like he's in florida the only people he interacts with are my parents and my grandma and then his sister in colorado and they are all boomers or older and they're all crazy people universally crazy people this man's entire life has been fucked by medical issues because he got sick with non-hodgkin's lymphoma at like 20 it's like the third person to survive and since then, they gave him like 10 years to live and he's 60 something now, right? Which is incredible. And he was like, I've actually lived too long. I fucked up by living too long. 
the system now is punishing me severely for that. He was like, I've been punished the whole time, but now it's extra upset with me because I lived too long. So all the funds are gone. He's like, I'm just, I just want to have a peaceful death, but they keep resuscitating me so that I can stay in pain and they can take more money out of me. This is the conversation we had and him just being like, basically like I've been left for 30 years and it's so nice to see anyone else get here. It was like, but I, you know, everyone in my cohort is insane. And even my own family, my mom and grandma told him that if he had just worked harder, maybe he'd have more money right now. He has literally been in and out of the hospital for 40 fucking years, right? He had to work at Home Depot to get health care because the other jobs he was working, he hadn't, he couldn't get a good health care plan. So he had to give up better paying gigs to get a crappier gig just because he had health care. But if he had just worked harder, they like, they gave him the bootstraps thing. It's your own fucking brother and son, you assholes. It's real dark because that whole generation has basically been... It, they've lived through an American golden age in terms of easy access to yeah. resources and ply and capital and all that based on a absolutely malevolent imperialist skull and bone uh, project. So I would say from basically the 40s to the dot-com burst, things are going pretty well, right? If you're white, yes. Yeah, yeah. If, if for, for, for that generation, white guys are going pretty well. So from start to finish, the idea that, like, why would you critique this great system? Like, why don't you just work hard? You, you see how easy it is to go to school, get a job, relocate, raise a family, get a car in a garage. Like, come on, it's easy as shit. You can do it accidentally without even trying too yep. hard. So when you deal with that and, and the Ruskies are going to nuke you and, and you know, uh, there's a a Cuban missile crisis as well. And the fucking Chinese are coming for your job. When you have that all around you at all times, you really would be sussing out your, your nephews. Like, Hey, you ever think that maybe like this system's a little, a little cruel because everyone around you would just be like, no, what's, what's wrong with you? How well, did you, how did you not get the same program that all of us got? Thankfully now it's a dark sort of thankfulness. People are, it's getting harder to hide how exploited the average person is. Yep. And most generations with the internet, your uncle doesn't have this, are plugged in enough to realize like, oh, wait, I'm not alone. All this is fucked up and everyone knows. People are coming around, unfortunately, at great human cost. I mean, my, my dad, I always talk about like, hey, before you uh, uh, redesign Marx or whatever, maybe just get like five people to come out as socialists that weren't before. Right. Right. And my dad, bless him, he finally, without even much prodding, he finally came around where he said, yeah, you know, I don't, yeah, I'm a socialist. I, I you know, I don't like saying communist because that, that word for us, it's, uh, it's not, it's, it's, yeah, it's, too, it's too freighted. <laughs> it's too loaded. But at the end of the day, I, I don't know what to say. I, 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 I'm a socialist. I guess that's what it boils down to. All right, so so let me paint the scene here. It, it's a multi generational hot couch. So it's just me and my dad, <laughs> shirtless, just going deep on ideology. Because again, the, the house is <laughs> the house is falling apart. The internet did not work for most of the time I was there. We're watching MSNBC through like the sort of static that makes you know like the glitch Twitter accounts. Yes, it, it actually made MSNBC better because sometimes Rahm Emanuel's <laughs> forehead would would pop off and gain sentience, which would be basically the best thing that ever happened to Rahm Emanuel. But so <laughs> we're just there riffing about politics. 
Uh, we're eating gas station uh, breakfast sandwiches, which, by the way, no joke, while I was, in, I was in Florida for two weeks, conservatively, I ate 50 $1 gas station sandwiches. <laughs> it's a good deal. Well, think about it, right? Per They're dollar. very little. They're little, in fairness. Still, right? though. But you put them on the microwave for one minute in the wrapper. I don't know what that's doing to the, the glue sticker <laughs> thing that's holding it together. doesn't matter. It tastes fine. So they're little, so I'd eat like maybe about six of them in a sitting, right? <laughs> so you go six times 14, you start to go like, that's, that's like a really high number. <laughs> it's a big number. But I was doing it enough that the gas station attendant just started letting me have some for free. <laughs> like, like we, we had gone through, because again, I'm also up all night because I have nowhere to, I'm just miserable right. like, in like medical suffering. And so I would just walk over to the gas station <laughs> And every single, just at like 5 a.m., and it's the same guy there who's looks like I feel at <laughs> every moment. And he's dealing, like, I, I've now watched people, like, give him shit for wearing the mask or having to correct people. And he's watched me show up at 5 a.m. without a car, on foot, in, in sandals. Florida, yeah. One time he said, we're out of bags. And I was like, that's fine. And I carried six gas station sandwiches back to my home. <laughs> So I don't know if it was like a charity thing or people, you have to admit, people do give me free stuff. A lot. So I don't know if it's just like, oh, God, sure, give, give them something like a pity thing. Or my theory is it's just, it's like, let's say you're at a zoo and you had a, a tomato <laughs> and you see an elephant. Like, throw throw the tomato in the elephant pit. <laughs> you know, it's like when, uh, uh, was it Wojtek, the soldier bear, when they were like, the soldiers would give him beers and cigarettes. He mostly ate the cigarettes, but it was still fun to see <laughs> what he could do with it. I assume that's what's that's what's going on. Like a, a, a seven foot fucking hairy disastrous slav with six gas station sandwiches. <laughs> Whether it's pity or curiosity, like yeah, throw something at him, see what happens. <laughs> I always uh, my theory was always just that inherently most people who work retail are decent humans. Uh, you 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 build some baseline sympathy, and you are a recognizable kindred spirit. And they're like, "All right, cool, yeah, that guy's fine." Yeah, I'm not better than you if I'm eating six gas station <laughs> sandwiches a day. at five a.m. while walking in Florida, not, not which to, is not a thing you do. Not to be like class reductive here, because I could very well. What's wrong with gas station sandwiches? I reached out to John from Beep Beep. I said, "Is it okay to eat this many gas station uh, sandwiches?" He said, "Yeah, it's fine." It sh I should be able to be better than people and eat gas station sandwiches, but I'm telling you now that was not the dynamic <laughs> in the gas station where I was procuring all of my food. My uh, my mother, bless her heart, one of the best Reiki healers in South Florida, told my dad when she heard about it. I was staying with my dad. Uh, she told him. You know, you don't let him do that. Don't let him. you know how the neighborhood can be. Like it, he goes in the middle of the night too, with the way things are. <laughs> I don't want my son getting shot or getting into trouble. And my dad, with so much patience, explained to her that it's like twenty five, thirty years ago you had these concerns. Rob is the seven foot Slavic guy without a bag, <laughs> just carrying gas station sandwiches in his arms at 5 a.m. You were the scariest thing on the street he at 5. Is, he is the person <laughs> we imagined when we warned him to not speak to strangers. <laughs> she was like, there's like a there's like a men's mental institution. There's, there's like an inpatient psychiatric 
care place there. Right. She's like, well, they're unstable. Who knows what they can do? Me, because I bumped into them once at 4 a.m. going to get my gas station <laughs> sandwiches. And uh, I, I knew it was going to be a problem. But I'm just on the road, and they walk out ahead of me. There's not that much foot traffic. We're in a neighborhood where there's no sidewalks. The city was just like, fuck it. Everywhere else, this place, we don't care. So I'm just walking down the middle of the street. This older woman comes out in the street ahead of me. I'm like, I'm not going to. I'm just going to. I'm just listening to my headphones. It's all good. Don't worry. But eventually, I get close enough that she turns around and just goes like, ah! <laughs> 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 And I was like, no, it's fine. It reminded me, we talked about this on a pod before, where I was in Central Park uh, in the middle of the night after mu the museum closed at late hours, <laughs> yeah. and someone was like, are you going to rape me? And I had to be like, I'm, and I said, I'm, no, I'm just on a walk, I'm listening to Chopin, which sounds rapey in the middle <laughs> of a park. So I just went, it's fine, it's fine, to the, the person in the middle of the street. And I, I went about my way. But but yeah, it's beautiful to see, you know, when the family sticks in roots <laughs> that you go from uh, imagined prey to imagined predator when basically just walking to engage in a human transaction. But <laughs> so I, I'm I'm with my dad who's like, I'm 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 a socialist. That is, I guess, what I what I am. He didn't say what I he's not Popeye. <laughs> um, and so he was spelling out just how you have to understand, like, from his position, the American experiment has been great. If America has had a golden age, it's been the post-World War II boom where nobody could compete and we had basic international hegemony. <laughs> so if you were born in the early 50s, it's all basically good. It was based on blood and bone imperialism, but it was all basically good. And so if you were someone who was like, I, I think maybe this system is not so great. You were like a crank, basically. Or if you're like, oh, yeah. you know, what's going on right now with the Tamil Tigers, people are like, what the fuck is that? What is, you can't point to Darfur on a map. <laughs> it was that sort of thing. And now he and a lot of people in his generation are realizing like, even with us, the boomer white guys, the social compact has been broken. He was explaining, he's on fixed income, and he has a bad back, and he works security. Right. So he has to check people in. You know, he's in close contact. He goes, my life right now is at any moment I could get coronavirus. But I have to do that, even though I'm, I'm elderly. I can't live on Social Security, so I need to keep this security job. So option one is I just die of coronavirus. That's that. I right. have no control over that. Because option two, I quit that. I'll starve to death and become homeless within the month. Because even at this point in my life, like everyone is paycheck to paycheck and social security, that's not, that's not going to get it done. Even with like Medicare, there's still expenses that you can't live on. Right. So all of a sudden he's going like, what the, this was, I'm pretty sure this was supposed to work for old white boomers and it's still yeah. not for anyone. He know, like everyone Explicitly knows that generation. Yes. So all of a sudden he's just like, yeah, I, I think. I think there has to be some sort of corrective to how out of control capitalism's gotten. And of course, like I, I'm there just fucking, like I'm holding uh, four of a kind in poker, just hands trembling. <laughs> and, and like, so you mean that when, when uh, in moments in history, one particular society uh, sort of goes too far to one side and, and then there's like an opposite force that is a corrective and then that leads to, sort of a synthesis 
new form. And he's like, yeah, no, it makes sense. I mean, you look at like uh, <laughs> early Rome and then it became the empire. And then you look at the Byzantine empire and the Eastern Roman empire being a, a, a corrective to that. And then, you know, you get to the, the Holy Roman empire and then you get to the birth of capitalism. And at all points, it seems like one side goes too far until another corrective comes about. And then we end up somewhere, somewhere in the middle. And it's just like, this dude just throwing out the dialectic accidentally. <laughs> right? He's like, I don't understand why we can't. And this, was his, this is what he laid out. He goes, I don't understand why we can't have a three-part system. And if you guys know what he's describing here, let me know. He's saying I'm socialist. But he's like, in my mind, I'm sorry, I can't get away from it. You need three things for a government. Markets, I know. <laughs> Markets, socialism, and democracy. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, explain that Drop to me. Drop the first one and I'm down. And he's like, socialism is that corrective, right? It's hard to say what it is. It's been tried a bunch of different ways, but clearly we need to do something to tamp down on the predations of the markets. Because while there are some sharks in his mind, they want to build airplanes. They want to have a slightly nicer house. They want those things. And if you don't give them somewhere to channel it, society is worse. Right? This, is, this is his take. And so he says, you can use socialism to correct a limited marketplace such that the markets may exist. They're essentially run uh, where laborers own some large amount of the production that comes out of it. I'm like co-ops, you're talking about co-ops. He's like, I don't think that's co-ops. I'm like, <laughs> kind of think it is. And the markets at no way can infringe upon human dignity. That is how tightly they have to be controlled because they can't impact democracy. The third thing, people need to have control of wherever they are because the representative thing, they're not getting anything done. So we'll take democracy Wait, is he just by, a dangus? By, by the people. We'll take socialism <laughs> for the people. And we'll have markets for the monsters <laughs> tightly controlled. So is that anything? And I'm just like, well, I feel like you, you nailed Hegel a little bit. <laughs> and uh, then landed in Deng Xiaoping. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's amazing. I mean, Deng Xiaoping is still a massive improvement. But I do love the recognition that like the people in the marketplace are monsters. So we just want to pin them in. And it's like, or we could get rid of them entirely. We could not pretend that the monsters are, are acceptable in society. The way he the where he's at is like nothing should be tied to your employer. I mean, fuck yeah. Healthcare, vacation day, nothing should be tied because they will exploit. Yeah, the fuck you. Yeah. It's like they're not gonna make a profit unless they take something from you. And I'm like, this guy's fucking riffing right now. <laughs> this is what, like, when people are like, so hard to convert people. No, it's not. It's very easy. Like, this is, once people start thinking about it. It's so bizarre, because he's been, like, MSNBC just, just fucking nonstop for years, decades. Yeah, well, he's still, I watched so much fucking MSNBC. <laughs> I haven't done it in a while, right? But Because it's all he watches. He's like, I know it's bad. It's, but in case you're curious how like ID poll is going, he's like, I can't even watch it anymore. Like, I mean, I am all day, every day, <laughs> but it's not fun because it's just constantly, I, I'm a hippie. I just want everyone to love, but 
I can't keep up with all the terms. My dad actually asked me, is it Latino or Lat Latinx? And it's like, nobody knows. <laughs> right? This is just the way these guys signal to each other that they went to finishing school and the noblesse oblige of looking out to the, on the lower classes. That's all this is. Don't worry about it. I was watching MSNBC and the panel they had, no shit. It was, this was on like civil rights. Number one, Claire McCaskill. If you have a question about progress, do not go to Claire McCaskill. Quick summary, Claire McCaskill was a senator of Missouri who got in because her opponent talked about how rape was a thing women could stop. It's literally how she got elected. She was a far-right Democrat. She immediately got crushed once the Republicans ran somebody who wasn't saying rape is cool. That, that is her entire career. She pretty much voted with the Republicans, like, I think it was 70% of the time. She's fucking useless. She's absolutely fucking useless. Yeah, it, it, the equivalent of, uh, to use a, a current reference, if Bloodbath McGrath was actually electorally viable. Yes. Briefly, for a small window, yes. and then punted out. Uh, so Claire McCaskill, Maya Wiley, who is a local New York City gadfly, most famous for being the most embarrassed lawyer in New York City. <laughs> uh, she attempted to defend de Blasio on something by inventing a legal term, and it was so- Always a good plan. Yeah, because you know there's a lot of lawyers in New York City and a lot of journalists, and they're asking questions, and she just went, uh, actually, it's a legal term called this, and people went, can we get a citation on that? She went, yeah, right afterwards long pause and then okay we were unveiling a new legal term <laughs> so run out of government immediately went to the new school where she teaches about black bodies and spaces in the most griftery way possible and then shows up on msnbc as like expert political analyst yep. not her job third person joanne reed there you go fourth <laughs> fourth person former deputy chief of staff for the Central Intelligence Agency. Jesus. That's what it says on the Chiron. Oh my God. So we've got Maya Wiley, Claire McCaskill, Joanne Reed, and a literal spook <laughs> talking about equality <laughs> on the liberal network. As I watch it, the CIA, first of all, an explicit Chiron CIA person is on every single day. That was before Bolton started getting the 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 exoneration yeah so i'm watching this and, and you know again watching as claire mccaskill's face just twists into an ouroboros and then fixes itself through the glitches <laughs> which it, there's some interest there and i'm going like why do you watch this then to my dad if you have these beliefs and he's like you have to understand right i am a boomer i know it's a term now Right, one of those terms that's, I don't understand why it's bad or good now, but I guess it's bad. But I am a boomer, and you have to understand, there are certain levers that we've always pulled. We have, things have basically been good. If you don't think about it too hard, and you're a white guy, and you, it's, it's been fine. And there used to be levers we could use to get our way. You know, if a politician was not what we wanted, you could shame them. Right, you, you could uh, uh, push for a, a change in the law. You could primary them, recall in, a, in an extreme example. But right. like there were actual leave. You were taught, you know what? The Ruskies are gonna nuke you, so you need to get under your desk. But thankfully, we're so strong because of our checks and balances and our diverse idea set. And he's realizing now that like all those things were abstract concepts that have no relation to the real world or power. <laughs> and he said, "How can you be mad at me?" for pulling the lever like we always have 
and it not doing anything. Like it's too late for us to, to I'm, I'm just going to vote for Biden and encourage everyone to be more like you because I don't know what else to do. The example given was like, imagine you're in Miami, you're, you're a 75 year old Spanish speaker. And now Ron DeSantis goes, okay, new rule. You have to speak English by law. It's mandated Spanish. You're going to prison. That's very fucking difficult for a guy that far along. Yeah. It's like 75 years I was fine speaking Spanish, and now in the last three or whatever, I have to learn a whole new language and use that to communicate, interface with the world. You know what? I'll just die. It's fine. That is, in his words, what he's feeling when he watches MSNBC. <laughs> it's like, I know I'm, I'm literally just waiting to die because I know – uh, none of these people have shame. I've been watching Joy. This is his words. Like I've been watching Joanne Reed for a while. It's just there's no shame in that one. <laughs> there's a CIA guy right there now, and they all love the FBI now. I remember the FBI used to kill us back in the '60s, but now whatever. We all love the. What laws can we get passed? We've been working on police stuff for what 20 years, and now even after all the big protests and everything here in New York, at least, no police reform occurred. Nothing. They, they, they cut a billion out of the police budget, a 16% reduction, right? In order, and here's what they actually did. It was a promise to spend less on overtime from the department. They counted that into the savings. Oh, and, the promise, yes. Great. Which nobody believes at all. He's already getting hit for that. And then he moved all of the school cops off of the NYPD budget line and put them on the Department of Ed line. Which didn't go up. Which means a bunch of teachers in schools are going to get cut. So all the cops are still in the schools. All the cops are still in their jobs. Uh, no actual cuts have been made, even after going off wild in the streets, burning Soho, burning cop car, all that shit, right? But they wrote Black Lives Matter on a street, so hey, problem solved. He wrote Black Lives Matter in front of the Trump Hotel and then did fuck all. So from my dad's perspective, it's like, okay, we used to be able to shame John Edwards out of running. We used to be able to you know, change laws. And now you can't even fucking primary people because the elections don't even work. You got one polling place in Louisville. You got yeah. uh, all the polling stations uh, tactically placed away from the universities during the Dem primary. Everybody's buddy is running an app that calculates the votes. That's always different from people. He's like, hey, we're, we're basically a third world country, which I then had to explain the origins of that. But he's like, Nothing works anymore. That I is factually true. Yes. I don't know what to do. So the, the best I can do is while away my time watching uh, Rachel shame him. You know, Rachel will own that. She will go through the process of owning Republicans with logic and the laws. And that sort of feels good. And I'll tell you what, if they wanted to, they could prosecute every single Republican after this. I'm like, but in your heart of hearts, do you think that's going to happen? He's like, of course not. <laughs> no, I'm just watching. <laughs> he's like, it reminds. He's like, it's like when you were a kid and you were doing karate and you do the katas, right? You're not actually fighting anybody, and it's not mattering, but you know, you're going through the motions, and it's satisfying to watch. Oh my god, There's no real threat to anything here, but it it's basically fine. And I got to say, I, I I understand. By the way, his explanation of how hard it is to change when you're old, all those people are in charge. Those are all the people you're asking for the change. 
are the people who explicitly are like, yeah, it's just so difficult now. Just let me do my thing in power, not help you at all, and just die with all the money. It makes sense writ large, right? Because he's thinking like from an empathetic place, like he told me, it's like, we tried in the 60s uh, and the reactionary forces just beat us. I'm afraid that we may have just let you guys down. Sorry about that. But even he is falling into, like everybody does, greater generational trends. We saw in the last election, yeah, boomers are going to take one or two more shots at running government, and they're going to fuck off. They don't care what happens nope. afterwards. They're, they have no ability to connect. Nancy Pelosi wore the kente cloth and kneeled, then got stuck kneeling and had to be lifted up because, <laughs> A, her muscles had atrophied, and, B, it was such an unfamiliar stress position for her that AIDS had to rush over and get under her shoulders. Oh, my God. I mean, it, it, it is a totally boomer-dominated system. They're even running people who are just like them, which is to say mentally declining and on the verge of death, but unwilling to adjust in the slightest to help anyone below a certain age. Yeah, all the, the Trump stuff works for Biden, obviously. Like My dad, like many people, is just like, well, I'll tell you what, you know, it used to be Clinton had surpluses. Technically, that's true, but it doesn't matter but it's that idea of clinton had surpluses you know wouldn't you rather have obama than the republicans i mean it, it just makes sense biden you know when he told that uh that rapper guy or whatever if you're not black or if, if you don't vote for joe biden you're not black you know he, he was saying some hard truths there that that community didn't want to hear and you're just like i i get what you're saying but this is not this is why we're in the electoral situation that level of fatalism which you get an ethnic exemption for being Polish, I think. <laughs> but it's also just like uh, uh, an inability to imagine any sort of better world from here. Yep. Like we had everything in place and it got us here. So clearly we have no alternative. The lever isn't working. There's no time to turn it around, at least for their cohort. And so fuck it. Let's make it as great again as we can. If Biden just goes back and does what Clinton does, you know, maybe there'd be more money around, which like, yes, on fiscal policy, Dems are better than Republicans, but doing that lesser of two evils thing is how we got here. But it are also better when the imperialism machine is running as expected, which it's not anymore. None of those policies work today, but what they're basically just doing is hijacking the entire thing so that they themselves can go out in a blaze of glory while all the rest of us burn up with them. They're the old pharaohs, and they're making sure we're all killed when they die because they want to take it all with them. Like, go fuck yourselves, boomers. It is godlike that, that their individual selfishness could wipe out untold generations of human life. With climate change, that they is, could wipe out humanity, yes. They're more they godlike than the pharaohs were. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's really horrifying. But yeah, I'd, look, sometimes it's malevolent and they're just like, you know what? Maybe I can take it with me and I don't want to fuck around like just to be safe. Uh, but I think a lot of it's just like a lack of imagination and just being institutionalized. Like you, yeah. you're used to watching TV. The only thing on is MSNBC or Fox News. Each is entirely just New York Times stenographers repeating what the security state or the imperialists say with a little bit of culture war on each side because that costs basically nothing. And if anything, increased donations. So, so intentional or not, this just looks like what our next election cycle or two is going to be. 
And so with that sort of like sense of dread, he was like, well, what's, how do you feel about the, the Veep candidates? How do you feel? <laughs> Cause he knows like I'm pretty politically attuned. Um, but my, my dad did actually have a Veep candidate that he pitched. It wasn't Franken. It wasn't like a comedy one. It is a Veep candidate that as far as I can tell is the only, the only candidate that would actually get me out like canvassing phone banking and, and doing that sort mm -hmm. of stuff. And he, he threw it out there and I think it makes a lot of sense. Michelle Obama, <laughs> just run Michelle. They love Michelle Obama. Just no, no, but I, I want, if it's going to be anyone, it should be Michelle Obama because then everything retrospectively makes sense. Obama's just playing Crusader Kings and it's awesome. And it turns <laughs> out he was doing six dimensional chess and he's going to start basically house Obama to go against house Clinton and house uh, Bush, house Bush and house Trump for the foreseeable future. It's a dominating political move. It's just saying you have to vote for me. This is what you like. Isn't it? You piggies fucking go to the, go to the <laughs> ballot box during a plague for me and fucking vote for me. I would canvas for Michelle Obama as just straight up kink, just as a femdom <laughs> thing, where it's just like, listen to me, listen to me. I know, I know you're gonna pick up that phone. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna make a humiliating call supporting the ACA, aren't you? Aren't you? <laughs> it's like, yes, I, I am. <laughs> just, just the electoral equivalent of having your balls stepped on. <laughs> That's what you get with Michelle Obama. <laughs> Joker, Joker Obama saying, you want to know how I crush these balls? <laughs> I don't know where that goes, but that's okay. <laughs> As we're talking about veeps and all that, he's just like, I wish there was a better way. I wish there were better people, but I just, I don't know where they are. Cause everyone we've got, it just seems they're not interested or they're, 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 they're terrible. They're ripping people off or they're just stupid. In my mind, I'm like, yes, they're dumb or, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, the last thing I'll, I'll, I'll leave it here is um it's again once you can get into the conversation it's not hard because he's like you know the thing is those communists so funny we have the biggest dumbasses running here but the the communists are all we're supposed to hate them but they're all kind of like really smart like ho chi Minh, and what's his name diop Diop, he he killed the hell out of our boys back there that guy knew what he, he was doing that dude got elected whooped two empires and then set up a country Castro, you know, you got to hear about how he's got horns and everything. This guy just out there in the mountains changed the whole country and then ruled. Like, these guys seem smart, so I don't understand. He's like, all of our guys are dumb. All the people <laughs> representing the people seem to have a real connection and, like, a, a, a desire to see change. It, it really makes you start to question all that propaganda. And I was like, yeah, it does. It really does. But, and then immediately after, it just no, unironically, he went, the thing about them, though, is Castro and the cult of personality stuff. And and, <laughs> and I was like. <laughs> but Michelle Obama, that's all cool. I, I was just like, look for one second. And he's <laughs> like, and sometimes this is all it is. He instantly went like, oh, yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. It's, <laughs> it's bad here. Because people just don't. How often do you check in and reexamine the status quo and your beliefs against them. Not that often. And he's like, but you have to understand even with the cult of personality. Yeah, we got that here. But the thing with Cuba though, is, you know, once they got it, they set up, you, you should say, I remember seeing this documentary and they had these prisons that were like a panopticon where all the cells opened into the center. It was like Batman or something. And every cell, the guards, it was full. and The guards could just look in and keep an eye on you 24 <laughs> seven. And I'm like, isn't, isn't that, and he's like, 
You know what? Actually, we do have more prison. Yeah, that is okay. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. <laughs> no, I, I hear you. I hear you. Uh, but, you know, even on top of that, that stuff, it happens here, you know, but it, it's especially bad there because once the gang gets in, it's all cronyism. You know, they're not looking out for the people. They're helping out <laughs> each other. And I'm like, Dad, he's like, mm, yeah, no, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I think, yeah, we've probably just been fed a whole lot of bullshit for a long time. Yep. I hope you guys figure it out. We did our best. <laughs> it's like, I'm, I'm a socialist. I, I, I wish everyone the best. I don't know a kind. I don't care. I just hope something better than this, maybe something like I outlined, maybe not can come to pass. And I'm sure people will, uh, you know, yell at me and call me a boomer if I'm wrong, but they'll do that if I'm right. So God bless. I hope everyone's having fun. <laughs> and that's, that was my, that was my little vacation, my little, uh trip i'm glad he's moved along at least genuinely like uh, that's a that's a big change for him i just yeah I, I think the way you get through to people is just over time slowly showing you have some value you know do do something for if you're going to claim that communism is the answer show people that you can actually you know and maybe not kill yourself on people whose material conditions are directly opposed to the thing you want them to believe like my parents they're not going to come around Everything is set up to personally benefit them. They're as stable as they have ever been in their lives. There's no fucking way they want change right now. doesn't matter how many of us directly related to them suffer. It does not matter. So it's like, yeah, those are probably not the people who are open to it in the first place, but people whose material conditions are such that like, yeah, clearly this isn't working. That's the, that's the baseline thing. If you get them on, this isn't working. A lot of stuff is possible. Especially now. I mean, it's, but it's harder than ever to make the argument that things are going well in this country or globally. Yep. So, and given that the official position of the Democratic Party is the Tina, there is no alternative approach. And people are actually going to have a very, very strong appetite for any alternative. Yep. And if the only people around them are saying John F. Kennedy Jr. is coming back from the dead and there's secret pedophiles with ankle bracelets, that's deranged, but it is an alternative yeah. theory. If you tell someone that there's something that they already thought of themselves, the fucking dialectic and, and the labor theory of value and the bosses are ripping you off and shouldn't be in charge of any social safety net, most people are already there. So it's just getting them to trust you enough to actually have the honest conversation. Yeah. Well, the bad news is it's entirely on us to set the table for anything good that comes. Uh, but the good news is it's definitely easier now than it has been through definitely the last 60 years. Oh, yeah. So The good news is change is happening. Change is happening. Whether the status quo people like it or not, change is coming. You can't go back to the old system. I don't give a fuck what they say. It's you can't not even happening. go back to Europe. Yeah, that, yeah, That's where we're at. The United States can't even. Nature is healing. <laughs> uh, Americans are banned from Europe. There's no fucking finger blasting in Montmartre. Berliners are having to get club BJs from German straight guys. In London, the American travel influencer has all but vanished, and now it's other varied fungi and bacteria blooming <laughs> in its place we're fucking through the looking glass so we'll uh we'll get back to the the current event stuff uh next week but for now i just sort of want it was just wanted to catch up on things yeah yeah welcome back and uh thanks for listening y'all we'll have more bonus episodes sorry for the pause it's been uh you know 
a rough few weeks here. I'm out. I could do the pod. So, yep. Well, we will have a bunch of bonus episodes coming. As always, hop in Discord if you want to chat. And if you are enjoying the pod, uh, write a review, subscribe, all that jazz. Absolutely fucking everything is run by algorithms. So, that stuff helps more than you realize. Thanks for listening, y'all.